Spielman and Hooley, We Tackle Life podcast. Yes, next week. Lining we those up. Wally Pip me? No, no. Remember, I thought. What's the number know, one rule? This is a really it's a bigger show <laughs> when you're here. <laughs> Spielman and Hooley, We Tackle Life podcast. Without Who's coming Spielman. on? Well, I I want to confirm first. Okay, but um, here's this funny suggestion my family made. They yeah. said. You know, people are used to you and Chris, and so you should get Chris to tape some things ahead. It is funny. And I said, That's that, would require, that would require Chris <laughs> to stick around longer than he normally does. Uh, hooligans, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, you've already shown remarkable patience this morning. Ten-minute delay on the electronic side, a uh, bulky audacity minutes. program. A 13-minute, uh, you and Rick Spielman both. No, I well, accuracy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you used to be a journalist. I thought that meant something to you. Commencement. Yes. Good morning, sir. It is a Wednesday <laughs> edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Spielman and Hooley, and oh boy, sports and uh, life keep running into each other headlong. We'll talk about Mike Gundy, Columbus State. How long? Much longer is it going to be Columbus State? I don't know. It's not going to have a Columbus statue very much longer. Uh, Matt Ryan. Getting involved in activism in Atlanta. We have uh, Mike Florio. Uh, interesting comments about what happened in Atlanta. Malcolm Jenkins hired by CNN. So we got all that to get into. Great. Everything uh, good with you this morning? I Everything's good. A little nervous because you typically show up for the We Tackle Life podcast wearing a T-shirt. And given the events of yesterday, I just wanted to make sure that your T-shirt was acceptable so i don't know inspire others mr spielman's t-shirt i, don't know. Says I hope it's inspectable i hope that doesn't offend people who are who don't want to be inspired already inspired maybe <laughs> and you get tired they don't need company being inspired i don't know where did the t-shirt come from uh, or dare is... i ask where the t-shirt came from? yeah it came from uh our friend jd bergman who has a group that sends out uh messages and a website to uh Inspire others and let me people's... Google him. See if he's ever done anything objectionable, JD Bird. <laughs> yeah, he's ever well, kicked a dog or anything. Well, I think we'll you know, that's. Him. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's right now and going through this as a country, and it's a <laughs> it's it's a battle, and it. I, I will stay consistent in my message. It's all about the First Amendment. Either we're going to have it, or you're not going to have it. Um, it's like Christianity. You made the point that it's not a la carte. You know, you made I, that point. That was extremely eloquent. Well, I don't think it can. I, I really, I don't think it can be. You might find some forms of speech offensive. I know I do. I know other people do. I uh, definitely. But uh, either we have First Amendment rights or we don't. So let's do the backstory, and then we'll play Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State football coach's apology, last night around 6 o'clock. Okay, so Mike Gundy goes on a fishing trip with his son. Uh, I don't know whose idea it was to take the picture. Maybe it was the fishing boat's guide. Mm -hmm. hey, it's pretty cool. I got the Oklahoma State football coach on my boat. Uh, he takes a picture of Mike Gundy's wearing a T-shirt that says OAN. When I saw the picture, people were like, oh, Mike Gundy, OAN T-shirt. I had to look up what OAN is. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what OAN is. Uh, I Google, I, I put in OAN.com, nothing came up. So I guess the official website is OANN. It stands for One America News Network. Okay. Now, I know people will say, oh, well, you're a Twitter yesterday. Oh, you obviously watch ONN. No, I'm talking about the concepts of freedom. I don't know. Until he showed up in the T-shirt, I'd never heard of him. Never heard of him. I don't know if they're on my cable system or not. I know there's a... 
super right-wing news organization called uh, Newsmax is on my cable. Mm -hmm. I don't watch Newsmax, but I know it's there because it's in with CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all the other news channels. They're all grouped together. I don't watch OAN. I don't know anything about them. I don't know much about it. It doesn't either. matter if I know anything about them. Exactly. I, 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 it, it's irrelevant if I know anything about them. If I watch them 24-7, it's irrelevant. Because Mike Gundy wears his T-shirt. And, and, and so just so you know, O-A-N-N, as I've been educated, they are considered a super right-wing right of Fox. Okay. So I gathered this yesterday from reading Pat Forty, our friend, and I hope, Still will be our friend, even though I'm becoming increasingly like surprised by how attack mode Pat is on things that apparently Pat, obviously Pat disagrees with politically. Here's uh, Pat's uh, paragraph that told me everything I needed to uh, guess about OAN. Mike Gundy is probably not the only college football coach who watches One America News Network, the right-wing conspiracy factory that is in favor with America's sitting president. But he's certainly the most proudly public about his OAN allegiance, and that tone-deaf decision is becoming increasingly problematic. There's a lot of judgments made in that, but Pat's a columnist. He can make all the judgments he wants. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Chuba Hubbard is Oklahoma State's star tailback, leading, I think he was a leading rusher in the nation last year, I think. Yeah, really good player. Uh, surprisingly, not as, well, I, yeah, surprisingly as Travis Etienne, Decided to return to school this year. Okay. So right there, if Chuba Hubbard decides to return to school, it ought to tell you like he doesn't hate playing for Mike Gundy. Because he could he'd be a second round pick, probably, because he's a running back. So uh so he comes back to school. Well, Chuba Hubbard goes nuts on Twitter after seeing Gundy wearing this t shirt. And Chuba Hubbard tweets, doesn't call, doesn't, you know, <laughs> tweets, I will not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things, and in all caps, change. Okay. So he's mad about Mike Gundy wearing an OAN t-shirt. Now, that night, Gundy and Chuba Hubbard do a little kumbaya video where Chuba Hubbard, Gundy says, I, I need to be more sensitive to what's going on. He didn't apologize for anything, but he said, I need to be more sensitive. I'm starting to understand, you know, why my players don't like the shirt. Uh, and Chuba Hubbard says, I was wrong. I shouldn't have gone to Twitter first. I should have called him. So it looks like they've patched this up. Well, yesterday morning, uh, I hear Barry Trammell, the Oklahoma City columnist, who's the authority on all things Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, goes on the Chip Brown radio show in Dallas, and he says, Gundy will be out by the end of the weekend. Gundy will be out. So I'm like, fired out. Wow. Okay. Well, let's go find out how much Oklahoma State's going to owe Mike Gundy because I'm pretty sure this isn't a four cause firing because no, you're allowed you. to wear a t shirt. Right. They signed him to a five year rollover contract. I didn't know this. He's won the second most games in the Big 12 over the last, I don't know, 10 years. They'd owe him $16.6 million. Now, mm. T Boone Pickens' estate could probably afford that, but it looks to me like Mike Gundy's not going to be out by the end of the weekend because Mike Gundy went on <laughs> his Twitter page last night and released this one-minute apology. We're going to play it for you in its entirety. I had a great meeting with our team today. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members. They helped me see through their eyes how the T-shirt affected their hearts. 
Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players, and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. Black lives matter to me. Our players matter to me. These meetings with our team have been eye-opening and will result in positive changes for Oklahoma State football. I sincerely hope the Oklahoma State family near and far will accept my humble apology as we move forward. There you go. Humble apology mm-hmm. from the heart and the teleprompter. He wasn't reading it off a page, but he was definitely reading it. Well, I think the, the um, me being the eternal optimist, I'm looking for a positive that comes out of that okay. situation. Yep. The positive is there's you know good open communication between uh, a coach and his team, and they're talking about life issues and what matters That's to somebody thing. else. That's a good thing. And, okay, they listened to each other, so... That's something that I think we all can learn from. And as Mike Gundy so eloquently pointed out a few years ago, he's a grown-ass man. I'm a man. I'm 40. Yeah. Well, he's older than 40 now. Do you remember? So, do you remember? Yeah, I did the game when all that happened. Okay. Why was Mike Gundy ranting, I'm a man, I'm 40, come after me? Why? I think people have lost. He went after Why? his quarterback that, and he, that it, he benched. That he benched. There was a column in the morning paper that he was the quarterback was soft, that he was always injured, mm-hmm. and that Gundy had grown frustrated with him. Do you remember the quarterback's name? Bobby something. He was number 12, I believe. Bobby, Zach, Zach Rudolph replaced him. Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson replaced him. Do you him. remember Bobby Reed's? Yeah. So you remember Bobby Reed's number? Number, yeah. yeah. Do, you remember, do you happen to remember Bobby Reed's race? No. Bobby Reed's a black quarterback. Okay. So the whole Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40, come after me, don't come after the kid, was a Mike Gundy rant defending a black quarterback mm-hmm. who he replaced with a white quarterback. Okay? I'm just saying I think that's a nuance worth considering. Now, Bobby Reed didn't like the rant. You can find a story on ESPN that Bobby Reed didn't like the rant because it brought attention to Bobby Reed. Right. Bobby Reed didn't, and Bobby Reed will tell you he didn't think it was genuine. He didn't think Gundy really did have his back. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, publicly, like, I always like a boss who will berate me in private, but publicly will support me. I I make mistakes, and if a boss wants to take me to task, just support me to the public. Support me outwardly. So I think Gundy did fine with that. Um, But, yeah, Bobby Reed was a black quarterback, and Mike Gundy supported him. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean that Mike Gundy's perfect when it comes to race, but I'm saying that everybody makes fun of Mike Gundy for I'm a man, I'm 40, mm-hmm. but you got to remember, why did Mike Gundy say I'm a man, I'm 40? Because he didn't think it was fair that his black quarterback got uh, criticized for being soft. So, again, people have, we are in, COVID has made us either crazy or stupid or, or crazy stupid. Right. I can't fathom how people cannot connect Colin Kaepernick's right to kneel with Mike Gundy's right to wear an OAN t-shirt. But it's, well, Kaepernick's kneeling for justice and Gundy's wearing a T-shirt for a network that I hate that said that Black Lives Matter is a farce. The reasons why don't matter 
when looked at through the prism of does each man have the right to do that? Yeah, but there's with with that right, there's also, <sighs> but also there comes consequences, right? So yes, you have to look at what Mike Gundy's situation is. Mike Gundy is the head football coach, where he probably has a majority of African American players. Yes, on his team. So yes. if you can have a um, a criticism of Mike Gundy. Uh, if if indeed I don't I haven't seen OAN's ends thing on Black Lives Matter, but if it's something that offended his players, then he should have the insight and understanding to figure out. Okay, some of my players might find this offensive. He should have that insight. I think I would try to have that insight as a football coach at a Division One school. And this might be set some of my players off. So he certainly has every right to wear it, just like Colin Kaepernick had every right to wear a T-shirt when he was a member of the San Francisco 49ers in Miami, Florida, praising uh, the T-shirt was praising Fidel Castro, who many Cuban-Americans in Florida, in Miami area, despise the dictatorship. Because he killed millions of people. (laughs) So millions of people. And and so, you know, there's there's gotta be some insight and self awareness of what you're doing and who you're working with. And and I you may want to watch OANN. That that is your choice and your freedom and you, you have the right to do that. But if you advertise something that somebody finds offensive, then there's going to be backlash. For example, if you wear a T shirt with a Bible verse on it, there's going to be people that find that extremely offensive. Yep. That is coming. We all know it's coming. I think it's here. It, it, well, it might be. I, I don't know. Uh, I I certainly uh, would. Uh, I have T-shirts like that. I wear, I wear them, and I have nothing to be ashamed of um, because I know what the Bible stands for, and and I, which is justice and freedom and love, love and yeah. of all things, love and forgiveness and and doing the right thing and the golden rule and do unto others as they do unto you and treat everybody with respect the best that you can. You fall short sometimes, but you do that. But some people will attack you. They're not interested in talking. They're not interested in in. Say, why do you feel that way? What about that Bible? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Just like if 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 I were to talk to Colin Kaepernick, I wouldn't attack him for wearing a Fidel Castro shirt. I would ask him why. Why? Why? Just explain it to me without yelling or without screaming. Just explain it to me and try to get his point of view. And I think from, is his name Chuba? Chuba. I think Chuba's point of view is that um, he could have handled this and could have got the same result if he would have went to Mike Gundy and said, Coach, we have a problem. Coach, we got a big problem here. And this is how we feel, and we need to talk about it as a team. And I think uh, that could have been handled that way. I think that's how things get resolved. So the problem did get resolved, and I'm – least I'm happy that Chuba had the insight, which is a very underrated quality, by the way, the insight to say that I probably shouldn't have gone after him on Twitter because I have a personal relationship with him, because I work with him on a daily basis, 
because I chose to come back and play for Oklahoma State, because I know he respects me and I respect him, I will go to him as a man Mm -hmm. and have the conversation and tell him what's happening with his team. And I think the problem could have been resolved without all the hoopla. Again, I'm not vouching for OAN, which a network which, to my knowledge, I've never seen on my television. I watched a clip yesterday where a, a commentator called Black Lives Matter a farce. I don't know that I'd go that far. I would say they're fraudulent in their presentation of what their agenda is. But they, I will give Black Lives Matter a ton of credit. They don't hide on their website who they are. Now, here's the thing with Black Lives Matter. As they go forward... I think they are going to become subjected to more scrutiny as they become more popular. One of the things people want to know now is where's all the money going? It's being Mm -hmm. donated. John Cena donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter. Every corporation's doing it as a way to, it's it's an insurance policy. Let's give them money so they don't come and torch us and tear us down. I mean, I don't know if that's every, I mean, we don't know if that's every. It serves that purpose. Okay, but we don't know if that's everybody's motivation. I don't know if that's their motivation. That's my suspicion. That's Bruce Hooley's suspicion. Okay, fine. That's your suspicion, and and that's where your mind goes. My mind goes, my mind goes, where I don't care where people give their money. I really don't. I don't either. But if you're giving money to a charity that is, the what's the general perception that Black Lives Matter is going to do with all the money? And by the way, they've raised more money since George Floyd, George Floyd's killing, more money than they had all of last year. So they're fundraising a soaring. And if if you're about the preservation of black lives and the elimination of police brutality and stuff like that, I understand why you yeah. donate to a cause that you think Absolutely. is prioritizing that. I totally understand it. Last year, first of all, you can't get any answers from Black Lives Matter on where their money goes. None. You get it through uh, one of their uh, arms, which is a company called Thousand Currents. And the closest that that comes to telling you where the money goes for Black Lives Matter, 25% last year goes to salaries, which that's reasonable. 46% to consultant fees. I don't know what that means. And no further details. So there's no hard and fast. 71% go to paying everybody yeah there's no hard and fast accounting of where the other 29 percent goes or whether any of it goes to the things that i think most people think they're donating yeah but that'll be subject to scrutiny and i i don't you know somebody will do whatever my point on onn yes oan yesterday on twitter was i don't know anything they've reported how could it be any more to the right and fringy on the right than MSNBC has been for years fringy on the left. Yeah. I mean, they kind of they got to be like a kind of a counterbalance, I would think, to MSNBC, which I pay no attention to MSNBC. I've said on this podcast, and I'll say it again today, I'm increasingly, alarmingly, depressingly ashamed of what my profession has become. Mm-hmm. It's not full of journalists. It's full of activists. That's not just people like Chris Cuomo and... Don Lemon, that's Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. Uh, I think there are some good commentators out there, fair commentators who try hard, I would say, are committed to being down the middle, but there are far more who are not. And so I know when I watch Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity, I'm watching an activist. I'm not watching a down-the-middle commentator, just like I know that when I'm watching Chris Cuomo or Don Lemon. Well, I, I think the most responsible thing anybody can do and this is what I do, I try to, for the most part. If I watch any shows on either network, I'll take what they say, then I'll actually 
investigate what look they it say, up. yes, and then come up with my own conclusions, and then whatever that conclusion is based on fact, and based on what I read, and then I make the determination of what is true and what is not true. Right? One of the unfortunate outgrowths of, of our history of how the media operated in this country is that we became conditioned to having a high level of belief in anything that was published or anything we saw on television. Right. We, had, we just, well, we saw it on TV, it published it in the newspaper, it's got to be true. That's not the case no. anymore. Well, Not it's, at all. It's Yeah, and so I've learned over the years, I used to be like that, but, you know, I, I talk about our civic responsibility and voting and again, you and I are proponents of people voting and advocates of people voting. The only thing we ask is that you educate yourself on what you're voting for, whatever your cause may be, whatever your personal belief system may be. I do believe it's a civic duty to vote. And if anybody wants changes to the right or if anybody wants changes to the left, the one way to get it is through voting. That's the way to get it now. Not strong-arming, not bullying, not yelling and screaming, but actually voting. That's just my opinion. How to address any change that you want to happen in this country, you exercise your constitutional right and your freedom to vote. So we don't know if Mike Gundy's going to get fired or not. Uh, Chris Doyle, the strength coach at Iowa, who has been uh, the subject of complaints by 40 to 50 uh, African-American players present and past at Iowa, reached a settlement with the university yesterday. He's out. Uh, one current Hawkeye told a story that he came back after the Outback Bowl. He was uh, leaning on something. Doyle came over and told him they're only going to be in the weight room for 45 minutes told me not to lean. I apologized, got up immediately. That was when I spit on the turf out of habit and immediately started to get yelled at as I was confused because I truly didn't know what I was getting yelled at for. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of my older white teammates do it before. I don't think anything was wrong. He then started saying, you think you're better than everyone. You haven't done anything for this program, which I haven't, but he didn't need to do all of that. Kicked me out for the remainder of the activities and uh, whatever. So anyway. I mean, coaches are going to have to walk a, a the, very the, fine line. Well, I think, you know, the more players find their voice and the more coaches have to be aware of what they say and what they do. Yeah. It's going to be, obviously, it's different. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? In a sense that there's if, if it opens lines of communications, and, and I, I think it's like any relationship, Bruce, so there's no confusion, mm-hmm. right? Here's exactly... As your coach, what I need and what is expected mm-hmm. from you. And here exactly is what you need. You tell me now what you need from me. Tell me what I need to do for you to do your job better. And then you tell me what you need from me to do your job better. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you what I need from you to do your job better. And if you have that open line of communication and there's a clear understanding of the rules, of the regulations, of what is expected, and I think uh, there's been a change going on in, in coaching world, uh, just watching college coaches coach and, and NFL coaches coach, it's obviously much different than when I played, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of yelling and screaming and, you know, you know, just coaching hard is what they used to call it, where you get on guys. They swear and, right at you. And, yeah. yeah. And so. Call your names, not uncommon. I, I think 
you know, everybody is so super sensitive now that there's got to be a, I guarantee you there's got to be staff meetings going on right now. Okay, let's, what can we learn from this? Yeah. Do we have an open communication with our black players? Do we have an open communication? Mm-hmm. Do we understand are their needs being met? I do think, Bruce, as long as there's open communication and what do we need and here's and here's where we are, what can we do to get better? And how can we come together as a team to work for one common goal? Of two or last week we talked about can football unite us? Absolutely. That doesn't mean we're going to be without problems, but when you have a group of people going for one common goal and there's an open communication and an agreement on how to reach that common goal, then I think, yeah, absolutely it can unite this country. And uh, I think, it, uh, you know, for example, when you the diversity in a fan base for NFL teams mm-hmm. is is amazing, isn't it? And it's it one amazing. common goal. Yeah, and people right. come together for one common goal. So, so I'm again, I'm going to continue to harvest and try to mine the good things mm-hmm. that good can come you. from this. Uh, I agree with you that it can bring us together because sports has brought us together in the past. I have less confidence in um, people's reason and logic and checking their emotions. And so I do not believe it will bring us together this fall. I do not believe anything will bring us together this fall. I believe this is a over-emotional fire that is going to have to burn out. And when I say over-emotional, I don't mean you shouldn't be outraged by what happened to George Floyd. You should be outraged by what happened to George Floyd. The Rayshad Brooks shooting in Atlanta is a totally different conversation as far as I'm concerned, but not as far as many people are concerned, which is why there's, I mean, again, you look at the George Floyd thing, George Floyd's horrific death birthed riots and protests, and that's something on which we all agree. Mm-hmm. We used to be able to agree to disagree. Now we can't agree to agree. Everybody condemns the way George Floyd died. Everybody. Unless you're a nut job. But the Rayshad Brooks thing, and I'll talk, I talked to somebody who trains law enforcement officers yesterday. We'll get into that momentarily. That's going to be an ongoing debate. Matt Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, has taken a lead on organizing a GoFundMe page for Rayshad Brooks. I think we're headed for a fall with football, college football in particular. You're going to see more demonstrations of activism in college football this fall than you've ever seen in a college sport before. And I think people, there's a popular phrase out there, sometimes it's stupid, sometimes it's not, stick to sports. I don't think the fan base of college football is going to have a lot of patience for ongoing demonstrations of activism by college football players. And I'm not saying their demonstrations are wrong or right, I'm saying people, I'm talking about how will people react. I don't think people have patience for it. The NFL is going to have to be careful with the consequences of things like Bill O'Brien kneeling, Baker Mayfield kneeling. There's some thought that Roger Goodell might kneel. Roger Goodell said yesterday, you know, like he'd embrace some team signing Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. That's going to be controversial. Again, when you hear me talk about this kind of stuff, people think, oh, well, you're against it. Or you're... I'm just telling you what I believe is going to happen. I'm trying to analyze what is going to happen. And in the midst, by the way, let's pile on the emotion and disagreement and Mm -hmm. fighting back and forth of a national presidential election. Throw all that into the cauldron, stir it up, and tell me that's going to unify us. I don't buy it. Um, I think it's important for people in 
to understand that you interact with or that actually listen to this show is that you're not telling Bill O'Brien not to kneel. No. You're not telling Baker Mayfield do it. Not Whatever to kneel. Whatever you want. Exactly. I'm not and telling Oklahoma State they can't fire Mike Gundy. First fire all, him, but you got to pay him every cent you owe him. For, yeah. It's your decision. You want to fire him? Go yeah. ahead. You got the freedom to do it. I am not going to give a situation so much control over my life that I'm going to let all of a sudden say, okay, well, uh, Bill O'Brien and a bunch of the Texans decided to kneel. Well, that's great. But I'm not going to let that uh, affect me on whether I watch football or not, or I boycott college football, or I boycott the NFL. But there will be people who will. Yeah, and, and, yeah, that's fine. And that's, again, that's their freedom their and freedom, their right. Yep. Uh, I choose to still watch the yeah, NFL absolutely. and choose to still watch college football. I am not going to make a decision on somebody's practicing their First Amendment rights which I support the right to do it and then say, well, because they're doing this, I'm going to boycott the NFL. I don't want to boycott the NFL. I choose to still watch the NFL. I want to remind you as we uh, transition into a conversation about Ryan Day and what questions he might face this fall that auiinfo.com can answer all your questions if you're a small business about compliance issues with the state of Ohio. Mike DeWine and uh, whoever his next health director becomes after Dr. Acton's resignation. Uh, This is still a gradual progressive ramp up and there are tons and tons of questions as uh, became clear to me from talking to uh, a gentleman I met in line at Lowe's named Tony who runs Exotica Florists and Hilliard and I turned Tony on to auiinfo.com as I would you because AUI can answer all your questions about compliance issues, HR issues, you got an employee who's not interested in coming back to work either for health reasons or because they're making more money on unemployment and you don't know how to proceed with that situation. Many myriad issues with HR and of course you want to be a great employer And if you're interested in providing health insurance for your employees, but you don't want to do the phone menu dance and you don't want to wait and investigate and it's "Ah, out of my pay grade, yikes, how do I handle this? AUI handles all that for you. You don't pay more to the health insurance company. AUI is compensated by the company and they will survey many different options for you. So check them out online, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. And when you do, tell them you heard about them from the Spielman Hooley podcast. Friday, we'll give away $1,000 in COVID-19 relief. Nominations, a couple came in yesterday. I'd like to see some more today and every day. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. All right, so many times in the past in our radio association, Chris, I've come to you and said, um, is this a fair question? Yeah. What do you think will happen at this press conference? Okay, so here's my question to you now. In light of this giant blow up with Mike Gundy wearing a OAN shirt and the players being very upset by it. In so lot- we, we, I just want to go back and make sure that we agree that Mike Gundy lacked insight. Chuba Hubbard made emotional Twitter decision as opposed to going to Mike Gundy first and address the, addressing yeah, I mean, the problem. I think, you that, know, that, if, that was how, I think that's how that could have gotten settled. If I'm Mike Gundy's PR guy, you know, and I'm on the fishing trip. <laughs> this would assume that I know what the heck OAN is, yeah. which I didn't know. But if I did know, I'd say, uh, no. And I would have said to Dabo Sweeney, uh, the football matters t-shirt, no. No. 
I'd have said to the Philadelphia Inquirer editor, buildings matter headline? No. Mm. I would have said all that to him. You just got to know. You got to know the climate in which you're in, okay? Mm. Sometimes it's not always. Somebody said something the other day, um, very insightful. They said, not everything that gets my attention deserves my attention. And that's true. And just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And that would be what I would told Gundy on the shirt. But does he have the right to do yeah. it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so. <laughs> It'd be like going to church wearing a black Sabbath t-shirt. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you probably like, don't want to do that. Yeah, or, a, you know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> you know what Black Sabbath's a rock band, yes. by the way. Okay. So, in light of the Gundy thing, and I must marry it to this because I think it gives, if I were going to ask this question, and I'm not sure that I will, but I'm, honestly, I'm not sure that I won't. <laughs> Ohio State's institutional embrace and endorsement of the Black Lives Matter movement Mm -hmm. paired with the Mike Gundy kerfuffle by players and the Ohio State video that all the players, a lot of the players were part of. Do you think Ryan Day will be asked this year whether he had personal input and whether he personally endorses the Black Lives Matter movement because he's the head football coach at Ohio State, and Ohio State is a university, and Gene Smith, as an athletic director on behalf of the athletic department, said, yes, we embrace and support the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, if he's asked, do Black Lives Matter, the answer is, of course, I support what our universities, I work for our university, I support what our university supports. If Gene Smith, we talked about this, this is important for our university, and do I think Black Lives Matter? Of course Black Lives Matter. We all should be against racism and injustice. Everybody is. Now, how do we get to the best place possible that we can sit down and discuss the ideas of how to do that? We're all in agreement. Maybe there should be some type of reform within a police department to get better. How to get better. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things he can say. And let me say this about my limited interactions with Ryan Day. He's a very smart guy. And I th- and also, I you know, Jim Trussell had a way of answering questions. Uh, Urban Meyer had a very f- uh, different way of answering questions where he just tell you what he thought. Uh, Ryan is a, a pretty good mix of the two in that I don't think Ryan ducks and dodges questions. I think Ryan's a – I know he's a really smart guy. And a thoughtful guy. And so I, I would actually be interested in his answer because I think it would be a way for him to showcase what sets him apart and makes him special yeah. as a coach. Urban instituted those real-life Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. this is a perfect example great, great answer. of a real-life Wednesday. And how, and how does this affect our players on our team? We still have one common goal. But I think it's important. This is a – it's – you know, college is still for learning, right, and growing. And so this is a great uh, opportunity for our team to instill a real-life Wednesday program and to talk to each other as grown men, as me as an older adult and them as young men in their 20s, what their concerns are and what we can do to address those concerns and what my concerns are for them and what I can do to help them grow. As a person. So that's why I think there's opportunities here for everybody. I'd like to hear him say something along the lines of 
everybody on our team agrees and every sane person agrees that black lives matter and that yeah. and that police lives matter and Hispanic lives matter and all that. But our team is stronger if we can coexist peaceably, pull together, work together, even though we might disagree on some nuances of things in society. And we have great respect for each other because we've sacrificed mutually a yeah. ton. And so we will be able to, the bond, the brotherhood on our team is strong enough, we can work through our minor disagreements. Mm -hmm. But basic human rights, uh, uniting against injustice, those are things that not only every Ohio State football player, Everybody but every should. person in yeah. the world should unite around. Yeah. I think the one thing that a lot of the young black players want to hear, and this is from my own experience talking to some, is that, and I heard police officers say this, nobody's affected more by this than the good police officers, the ones that are out there doing the job, right, and doing the job right. And there's just got to be more accountability some way, somehow. And I think that's what... Uh, when you talk about how to reform the police, well, let's figure out how to reform the police uh, that works. And, you know, what, what, what are some of the players' concerns? And, and maybe even listen to some of the players' experiences. I think that helps educate everybody too, Bruce, because I guarantee you of that Ohio State football team, of the black players on that football team, the majority of them have probably been pulled over without cause. I, I can't guarantee because I don't know for sure, but I'd put a 98% on it. If if my nephew is driving my brother's car in an Eden Prairie neighborhood, that's a nice, he's just going home. That's not just If justified. he was white, yeah. he wouldn't be pulled over. Correct. If he's black, he's pulled over. So Correct. what would you call that? I would call that unjustified. Okay. But if I get stopped in a neighborhood where a middle-aged white guy with a goatee just robbed a liquor store... I wouldn't consider it unjustified. Okay. I'm just saying there can be different circumstances. Do people, do black people get stopped for instances like you just described with JD? Yes, and that's wrong. Absolutely yes, and that's wrong. That's hassling somebody based on appearance only, which that's wrong. So I said a few weeks ago when all this happened that most cops are good, which I firmly believe. Yes. And that nobody is bothered more other than the family of George Floyd, by what happened to George Floyd, than good police officers. Yes. So then we had in Atlanta over the weekend the uh, shooting death of Rashad Brooks, the guy who fell asleep in the drive-thru at a Wendy's in his car. He had a 25-minute conversation with the police. They, were, they went to cuff him for DUI. He struggled to get away. He took both police officers to the ground. He took one of the officer's tasers, and he proceeded to run away. Turned and pointed the taser, and it looks like from the tape, fired the taser at the officer, and the officer shot three times, hit him mm -hmm. twice in the back, and killed him. I wanted to find out. The thing, the question I had after watching Richard Brooks get shot is, how much danger was the officer in from the taser? Mm -hmm. I don't know how tasers work. I was under the impression that a taser needed to have skin contact I don't know. to work. So I... Did some research yesterday, and I called him. I was able to make connections with someone who trains police officers at, at the academy, police academy. Okay. The tasers that officers in the state of Ohio wear have a 25-foot range, okay? The taser fires two metal probes. They were described to me as fish hooks, mm -hmm. kind of like fish hooks. And they embed themselves in your skin, Okay. 
and the further apart they land on you, as you shoot, the wires separate, okay? So they widen out. So the further you are away, if both um, probes make contact with your skin, the more debilitated you are, okay? Okay? So it was put to me like if one lands in your butt cheek and one lands in your shoulder or one lands in your pelvis and one lands in your upper chest, you're going to be down and you're going to be incapacitated. Mm-hmm. So Rashad Brooks was a distance away from the officer. Was he more than 25 feet? I don't know. It looks to me like he was right on the edge of that, either within it or without it, whatever. Is it reasonable to for the officer to assume that, hey, if that thing hits me, I'm in a lot of trouble? Yes, was the opinion of this training officer. He said the number one fear that officers have, and they are told from the moment they become officers, is you can never allow yourself to be incapacitated. Because what happens if you get incapacitated? The chance is the person who incapacitates you is going to take your weapon. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, the guy fired, and he said every cop will tell you that's a good shoot. Every cop will tell not He said not good in the result. No. Not good in the fact that the cop feels good about it, but in terms of a thumbs up or thumbs down, justified, unjustified, he said it's justified. Uh, Here now is Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, on the Matt Ryan GoFundMe, Matt Ryan's uh, embracing of this cause, and uh, what happened with Rayshad Brooks. Chris, this is the moment for the white quarterbacks to get involved, that it changes. Richard Sherman talked about that recently. It changes. The message changes. The the receipt of the message changes when the white quarterbacks are on the front lines and good for Matt Definitely. Ryan to speak out against this. And I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know if I just need to get off of Twitter altogether, if I need to shut down the comments at profootballtalk.com, but the amount of people who will argue that the killing of Rayshard Brooks was justified is alarming and appalling. That it's man insane. should not be dead. He did not deserve a summary execution to be determined by a cop who had his ego bruised because he got punched in the face and had his taser stolen. They know who he is. They know where he lives. He was running away in a parking lot. One of the other cars got a bullet in it. There were cars in line, innocent people in line to get a hamburger at Wendy's when the cop decides he's going to shoot this guy who is not an immediate threat to the life of the cop. It is astounding. It is amazing. And it is appalling that there are people who defend this. I think Rashad Brooks made a ton of bad decisions, and I understand why the officer fired his weapon after talking to the officer that I talked to. But this is how polarized we are. This is why I think this fall is really going to be... So, so one person looks at that and says it's a justifiable, although regrettable shoot, and somebody, Mike Florio, looks at it, and he has a big platform, who says it's a summary execution. It's awful that somebody loses their life. It is. Absolutely awful. And it, it father it, of four. It depresses me. It it does. And look, he's I have my opinion, you have your opinion, he's gonna have his opinion. I guess my opinion is there's got to be a non lethal weapon or tool that police officers can use. There's got to be. Okay, but a taser is what do you mean by lethal? I mean, a non-lethal is something, a it's not going to kill you. Or something to... So this, so this officer said he listened to the podcast and he heard you say something about rubber bullets. Right. And he said, I don't know where we're going to put them on our... on our." He goes, what I, are we supposed to do? Like, okay, this guy's not dangerous. Let me pull my gun out and load it. Or this is my rubber bullet right. gun. This is my regular bullet gun. Yeah. 
He's like, plus the other thing, he says he hears people say, oh, you shoot him in the leg. He's like, it's just not how it works. I, it's well, not I'm gun not, smoke. I'm not, I'm, not pretending, I'm not pretending to have the answer. I, and I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I just, I wish there was another way to detain yeah. somebody. I wish there was too. I wish and he wouldn't I have gotta, taken the taser. I got to believe that as a, yeah, I wish he wouldn't have taken the taser. You're absolutely right, Bruce. I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, I think we have smart enough people to come together that are experts in this field to find uh, a chance in a situation where somebody hopefully doesn't have to die. I don't want that guy taking a taser. Of course, when you take a taser, you're going to put yourself in danger. So, I mean, this is what doesn't happen is something nobody ever considers. But to someone who would say, well, why did you have to shoot him if he runs off with the taser? What if he runs off with the taser and you let him go because, you know, I want to shoot him in the back. Yeah. And he goes and he finds a woman and he tases her and he rapes her. I don't. I, I know. Okay. You say, well, I, that's not going to happen. How do you know? He obviously makes a bad decision to bolt from officers. He has a 25-minute amicable conversation with mm-hmm. them. So then he like completely reacts in the opposite way Twenty after when they go to handcuff him. So you know what? I, everything I thought about this guy, I didn't anticipate this right. action. So he's got the capacity to act in a way that completely and totally surprises me. He can overpower two two officers physically, right? Enough to take a gun or take a taser and run away. So now, and you're asking a cop who's not a robot to process all this information as a guy has just physically accosted him, taken his weapon. He's thinking, is he twenty five? He's twenty six feet away. He probably the taser probably can't shoot me. I won't get debilitated. He's already taken my taser, but he's probably not going to take my weapon. And if he takes my weapon, he's probably not going to shoot me. If you're a cop and you're thinking like that, you're soon to be a dead cop. I understand. I am just, there's got to be a way to have somebody incapacitate somebody without killing them. There's got to be a way. I don't know what that is. The taser is that way. If there's any possible way of not killing somebody, I don't care their race. But I'm not sure in that situation. I'm not sure either. I don't know. I just, I don't know because I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I don't know. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is, like, I don't assume that an officer is going to do me harm when he stops me. And there's something in Rashad Brooks' background that the expectation is completely and totally different. And I think that is the the systemic aspect of police relations with minorities that we have to find a solution for. Yeah, that's a great point. Is the automatic assumption that this is going to go bad. Right. I've had cops get smart with me and stuff like that over a speeding ticket or over, and I don't like it, but I don't also know like not to escalate the situation because it's only going to make it worse because I have a respect for their authority. It may be a grudging respect for that particular officer at that particular time, but I know there's a line there and I know that if I cross the line, I'm going to lose. Right. And it's not a decision I'm willing to make to cross the line. You make a great point, though, but his experience might be different from yours. His experience. experience is totally different That's because there was point. something in him that when they went to put the handcuffs on prompted him to say, uh, uh-uh, not this, not now. Uh, one last thing, the Christopher Columbus statue at Columbus State is coming down. It was vandalized last night. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to be doing the show from suburban Columbus. The statue was toppled last night in Portland. Yeah. 
So that's where we are. That's um, where we are as a country. Yeah, that's where we are as a country. Uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, they provide uh, official coffee for the show. Order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. 15% off. Use the promo code WETACKLELIFE. Great coffee. Everybody uh, agrees on that. Nobody has ordered from Hemisphere and said, you know, I was a little disappointed in the coffee. Nobody says that. Everybody says it's great. They continue to order, and we appreciate that. Let them know you're a Spielman and Hooley listener. If you'd like to forfeit your discount, tell them to donate it to COVID-19 Relief, and they will do that. Coffee direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, Indonesia, and soon Ecuador. Um, how you doing on the on your faith journey right now amid this period of volatility in our country? Totally reliant mm-hmm. would be the best way I could describe it. Yeah, I, I don't have any other words for it. I mean, like everybody, I just we I think as a whole, everybody wants peace and harmony. And I think the more that you you talk and discuss and look for solutions, common solutions, instead of saying I'm right, you're right, I'm wrong, you're wrong. I think we can come together and say. Okay, well, let's look, instead of being what Dr. Phil calls a right fighter all Mm -hmm. the time, let's look for solutions. And how can we get the best results for everybody? And so that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I totally agree with you. When I sit down in my prayer time, my quiet time, I'm really praying for our country, praying for our leaders, praying for wisdom, praying for all those things. And I want to say that I appreciate very much this tweet from Earl. Uh, Earl tweeted this morning, um, hope you got your time with the Lord in before you attempt to teach others the way, praying for you and brother Chris, and he quotes Galatians 6, 9, uh, let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Talked about that verse uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, we also had a nice email from Dan who wanted to uh, get a copy of our Opening and closing music. He says, congratulations on 200,000 listeners. Quite an accomplishment for two guys in a basement talking sports and faith. As someone who was along from the beginning, it's been great to see your following and platform grow. I continue to pray that it will have an impact to current and future listeners as it has been an enormous you impact. want to try out, Dan? Me. Yeah, Spiels <laughs> wants me to put uh, the uh, podcast next week up for open tryouts for... Uh, well, you like you're, perma- well, no, I mean, I'm just making co-host it... Or I'm what? just making it... Uh, Official me. for you. Obviously, you're 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 going to have people in here going for my job when I'm out. Not true. You're 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 stable. And um, hey, keep fighting the fight. With, disagree with something we say. Want to take us on on anything? We are very transparent, very yeah. willing to well, listen. And the, you know, the easiest is, way to get hurt is to give us a critical review. Or the the other thing is too is uh, we don't agree on everything. No, we don't. But we sit here and we talk to each other about it. Yeah, so, since you're about to tell me what you don't agree with me on, we'll, no, we'll get I, that all taken care of. I, I don't agree with you on trying to replace me. After no, that's I, true. Well, that won't happen. Thanks, everybody. I guarantee you won't find anybody who pays more to do this job no, than me. No, they won't. That's right. Everybody had a great day. <laughs>